Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Let's Dry Holly Off. Yes, it's raining here in sunny Southern California, rainy California, as that is. And uh, Holly still likes to go out and get herself all muddy and wet. What are you going to do now? So here we are. We're going to appearance. Uh, yeah. So thanks for joining us for this episode. And Justin is here with me. Morgan's off on the side doing her producing thing. Holly is going to go through all the wires and knock everything down. <laughs> <laughs> She's going to be a piece of work tonight. So uh, let's get a roll on it. Okay. Well, today we are discussing the matter of giving up. Giving up. Whether it's a conversation about, yes, I should give up. Uh, sometimes it may be okay to give up or no, don't give up. Are we just talking about giving up in a relationship, giving up in uh, a fight or a battle? When to, when, All when, over the place. When to, let, when, to, when to take your teeth out of the meat and just go back and regroup? Yeah. Okay. It will evolve as we go through the stories, but... Okay, I'm that take, is our theme. I am going to remove these. You don't want to see me as clear? Well, I can see you fine. Just, I, don't, <laughs> I don't have to read anything. What you got for the socks? Oh, the socks. Oh, it hurts. Uh, these <laughs> ones say, uh, I just took the glasses off. I'll get over it. I just need to be dramatic first. Do you relate to this? Yes. Thank you. Thank you, producer. You like to be dramatic sometimes? Uh, oh, no, no. I'm, I'm always easygoing. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So Ask them. They'll tell you. I'm always easygoing. So it's a misfit. Uh I must have borrowed these somewhere. I don't know. <laughs> my, bro my brother did invite me over today to come get all the shirts that I want with his name on them because normally I would just steal them, but he says, now you can have them with my permission. Okay. Okay, here we go. Okay, number one. Hello, Jerry. Longtime fan here. I've been here from the start, and I really could use some advice now. I'm here for you. I-22, non-binary, have finally decided it's time to write in. You see, this problem has been weighing on me and affecting every part of my life for five years now. Before I ask my question, let me tell you my story. I worked so hard in community college to transfer to a prestigious out-of-state college. It was my dream school and I thought it was everything I wanted. It's a T5 liberal arts college. I felt like I had something to prove, I guess. My grandmother pays for my college and I've wanted to make her proud and succeed at the highest level so her money isn't wasted on me. I don't get financial aid, so it's quite costly. I was so young and I had so much energy then. I graduated high school at 16. I took nine classes in one semester. In fact, I rushed through my community college in one and a half years instead of two. I also had two internships and was starting a club all focused on my intended major. I don't say all this to brag, but as a warning about overexerting oneself. Because you see, around the time I graduated from community college and moved cross-country to transfer schools, I was diagnosed with a chronic illness called POTS. I was also diagnosed with ADHD and autism, and from there, I majorly burned out. I became really fatigued and ill a lot of the time. Once I got to my new college, my energy quickly dried up and straight A's went to literally failing and withdrawing from several classes. I should have already graduated, but instead, I have a frankly frightening transcript, a mountain of late work. Many of my professors have been very patient, and I have a semester and a half worth of classes left. I've been struggling with this reality and the dilemma it presents for almost five years now. I've been so desperate to make it work that I've spent two of those years at college just struggling to survive and not get kicked out. I'm so scared that admitting defeat would let down my grandmother. I am currently on a leave of absence and am very depressed about my diminished ability to perform well at school. On the one hand, 
I know that if I hadn't become disabled, this would still be my dream school through and through. I know inside how badly I want it and how hard it is truly for me. It is so devastating to know that these are things I was once capable of doing. I just don't know how to accept that I can't succeed at the same level anymore. Add to that, my interests have expanded since I've been on leave of absence. I am more interested in pursuing the visual arts now, whereas before I studied humanities. I'm so disappointed and worried I've wasted my grandma's money and my own time. So my question, how can I come to terms with the fact that I can't perform well at the prestigious school I work so hard to get into? How can I let go of the idea that transferring again means giving up a prestigious degree? Well, I technically only have a semester or two left when I've poured five years plus two years in community college all towards this one goal. How do I give it up and move on now? How can I be sure I'm making the right choice? Well, let me just get one thing clear here. They didn't get ADHD uh, post-graduating high school. They, they always had ADHD. They didn't become have autism, whatever degree of it, post-graduating they, uh, high school or college or the, the first year and a half of school. They always had autism. Right. But I think that was just more context. Okay. I think the real kicker here is so, POTS. So, which, do you uh, know what that is? I don't know. What is POTS, Morgan? Postural orthostatic tachycardia syndrome. It's an abnormal increase in heart rate that occurs after sitting or standing. So like if you're sitting down and you go to stand up, mm -hmm. your heart will have an arrhythmia and you'll feel like you're going to pass out. I see. A lot of times people do pass out and faint. So does it lead to lots of fatigue and mental draining? And yeah. so it really could, right, because you can develop it and then it gets worse. So probably had some symptoms, got diagnosed, and then that's what's been so, taking them down. So another question, does, is, is there a treatment for POTS or not really? Not kind of know. something you have to live with. You can try, a lot of people use medication, but... Um, it's a big adjustment. Morgan kind of shared us and up, up, uploaded our brain with you know POTS, the symptoms of POTS, and the uh, the reality of living with it. So that all being said, I'm just going to go back to where I was originally thinking that what's going on with this school that you certainly had your heart set on because of the name of the school or you know whatever made you find that passion for it. it. If it was the right mix for you, it would be working for you. And if it's not working for you, don't struggle trying to make the, the size seven shoe fit your size eight foot. Don't live in pain. Uh, I really do believe, you know, we got to be fluid in our life. Sometimes we have to, you know, the, the glass reshape so if we're water we can easily conform to the right fit and if you found another school that is the right fit i guarantee your grandmother only wants the best for you and whatever the best for you is if it's school a or you know doing a segue to school b or c i'm sure she'll be fine because all she wants is your success and happiness i don't think anybody and I can't really speak for them, but I, I, I'm going to guess that she's not going to, she's not sending you to this school because of the school. She's sending you to the school and paying for the school because you wanted it. And whatever you want to do, you're going to make her proud. And the fact that you recognize that it's not working here, um, it's just not, it's like going out with somebody. Some people, you think they're going to be a great fit. And after you get into it, you find out they're not a great fit. So it doesn't mean that they're bad. It doesn't mean your school is bad. It means it's just not the, the right fit for you. So don't carry this burden on your shoulder that uh, you can't do it. I would just take it as the fact that it's just not a right fit. And, and you guys aren't, the school and you aren't getting the, the process to make it work easily. Um, well, and that kind of leads into the ideal outcome, uh, to know for sure whether it's the right choice to stay or go. I still want to earn a bachelor's degree, but will admit that my 
dream school might not be the best place to do that. Mm -hmm. I want to figure out how to let go of all that work I put in and where I thought it was all leading and to fully accept whatever new reality I can be the most successful in. I also want to let go of family expectations and find my own success. We go to school to learn. Is that correct? I believe so. You just learned the greatest lesson in the world. Sometimes you have to make you have to make a change. And that was that was the course you took at this great school. And they taught it to you well that it's a, it you make a segue and you go on to a, a, a different educational program or you know or institution. You know, when you were really talking about it in the beginning, my first thought was, you know, back off of everything, take one class, see how those, you know, two, three, four credits work and see if you can just do the one class and get through it and then build yourself back up because you literally were burning yourself. What were they doing? 21 credits? A lot. I mean, a lot. So it's it's insanity. Mm-hmm. So you you definitely have to allow yourself to, uh, you know, have your brain interact with other things as well. But because of the pots and the fatigue, Mm. the fatigue from the pots and how it just affects your whole body and your mental status, it might just be easier to go find a a different uh, major that you're finding more, a different interest in and you can... And you can excel in. I mean, we we always we we make moves throughout our life. We change. I mean, I've had four careers, and I thought when I was eighteen, I'm going to have one career. Yeah. And you find out life throws you. You know, what do they say? You get lemons, make lemonade. Yeah. So. Well, and then the with the theme being giving up, this is a situation where you don't give up. It's more of a changing yeah, of I, of the path. I don't see this as giving up. I just see this as exactly it's it's just conforming to to the change in your life. Yeah. And accepting those 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 changes and we all go through it. Everybody goes through it. I don't care you know who or what business you're in or yep. educational thing. You will make segues. My my brother got into law and he's been in every facet of law from space law to bankruptcy law to all kinds of crazy stuff. Yeah. And you'd make changes. Yeah. I, I, I do believe that when you have a diagnosis of, a, of ADHD and you are at an institution and you go to the institution and tell them that this has become more of a problem or the pots or something that has happened, they have the, the obligation, might be one word, or they might have something uh, put in place in their bylaws that they can certainly find assistance for you if you haven't already done this and to get yourself or accommodations of some, some sort to get, get you into the right place. And if they can have any way of, of keeping you there and finding a different method of, of, uh, of working with you, they might, but I would certainly open that door and that, that dialogue to see if that, if that is a case and if that is actually uh, something that can be implemented for you. Yeah. Yeah, well, we wish you the best. And I mean, as with any kind of big decision in life, it's it can be the the kind of the biggest thing and the hardest thing to get through at, at the time. But you know, you 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 can't look back with regret. So whatever you decide, mm-hmm. just move forward and whatever makes you happy. I think the most important thing here is don't look at it as failure. This is not yeah. failure, and I think that was really the crux to the whole thing. Is, yeah. You know, do I, did I fail? You did not fail. It's just, it's called this reconform. And we're going to have a lot of, you know, viewers like that. I hope that can relate or have had uh, experiences in some of this. And maybe you can chime in and help this person and give them some thoughts as well. Yeah. Okay. Number two. Number two. I, 20 female, have a slight problem. I have a friend, 46 female, who I recently came out to as bi, and while she told me that she loved me for me and didn't care how I identified because it doesn't change my personality or anything like that, coming out to her was a whole other issue, but the info was needed for background. Here's my issue. 
I have known her now for almost two years, and the first time I saw her, I walked in and it took my breath away. She is beautiful and gorgeous and has a great personality, and it's everything I would look for in a partner. I found out between six and eight months after I became her friend that she was married, and then a little bit after that, found out how old she was, which her age wouldn't be an issue, but her being married definitely is. My problem is I still very much so love her, and that love has evolved, and it's not just romantic anymore. I love her, she's my friend, and has become part of my family, but I still feel as if I don't know if I should tell her about the feelings I've had for her, or if I should just keep them to myself. In that time, I have become friends with her husband as well, and he's a great guy and definitely her perfect person, and they have showed me a very good example of what love and marriage should be. However, I still feel like I'm lying to her, and some days it really hurts my heart not to tell her, but I also don't want to ruin our friendship because I take great value in it. So I guess my question is, what should I do? Background info, she works at my church that I go to, which is part of the reason I was scared to come out to her, and we all sing in church choir together. I would first think in yourself, what is your ultimate goal? Uh, that's number one. I mean, it's what it it it's it's equally important to respect what the relationship is, but if you first find out what your ultimate goal is, if if you're going to take it to step two to have a dialogue with her, I think you need to be able to express your ultimate goal. I mean, look, we don't know about this couple. This couple may be uh, secretly in love with you. She may be secret in love with you. He may be secret in love with you. We we don't know any of these other facts. Um. You can certainly, you know, you try to live it by corking it and seeing how that works. And apparently it's causing a lot of stress on you. So if you have, if you're comfortable and confident that they are not going to be interested in changing their relationship to involve a third person, then, and you find it's going to be too much of a strain to be in that relationship, uh, and torturing yourself every day, you may have to back off a little bit and find somebody that really locks you into them. And if you can't break loose and you don't think that this is going to be their interest in involving you in their, in their, in their romantic life, then you need to back away. Yeah. A little bit. The age difference in this one is concerning. And I guess. Explain that why you feel that the age is concerning. I mean, it's 20 years, right? Yeah. But 25, 25, 26 years. But like a 20 year age gap doesn't mean as much when you're like 50 and 70. Correct. But it does when you're 20 years old. So the real thing that like the question, I guess I had from this is what do you do when you are in love with someone that is married? What's the process of handling that in life? Typically it, uh, taking away all the different sexualities. If you're in love with somebody else that's married, um, you tip the, the right thing to do is back away. Right. It's, if you want to uh, cross that bridge and, and accept whatever is going to come with it, you can cross the bridge with respect, but I, I don't think it's her intent to destroy the marriage of, of the uh, woman and the husband, unless if she when I asked the question, first question, what is your end game? If she wants to be married to her monog with, with a monogamous, you know, um, lesbian relationship, then that's something that she'll have to decide if she wants to go, you know, open, open that can of worms or make that offer to her to see what the woman says. I have certainly heard in my life, people that were heterosexual relationships that one of the partners thought they were bi Turns out they weren't bi. They they really feel they were gay at the end of the day. They get divorced. They find their their mate is a same sex mate, and the next thing you know is they all live happily ever after. Yeah, there there is it's out there. Right back to this case. Yeah. So ideal outcome, I guess my ideal outcome is just to get some advice from a parental figure. This has been weighing heavily on me lately. But she has greatly helped me navigate my journey as being part of the LGBTQ plus community and with my faith. And I would hate to ruin that and hate to lie to her. Kind of where my head is going is due to the things you've been through and your journey of, of coming out and her being kind of one of your close allies and 
you know, good friends, it feels like it's kind of this attachment that you, you, you know, you can love someone as a friend, but I feel like the romantic just based on the age gap is taking it almost too far for me. I don't know. I just feel like, I don't, I don't know. Does this person see this woman as a, uh, an older figure and is attracted because she's an older figure? Is it a, is it a parental uh, replacement? We, we don't know. But I, I still think she has to go figure out what is her end game. And if she wants to go talk to that woman and, take, and, and that husband or the woman first and then the husband or let... It's easy, you know, typically when someone would, when, if my kids came to me and said, dad, I really love somebody, but they have a boyfriend. My answer is, you know, if, if you're sure that they're in love with that person they have, and they haven't shown the interest in you, then you need to move on. There's plenty of people. There's, you know, you know, 200, 300 million people in the United States. There's, you know, right. there's plenty of, there's plenty of product out there. You'll find somebody else. I mean, when we go in a relationship and you've been in relationships and you thought they were the last destination and it didn't work out. And yes, you had a, a broken heart for, you know, three months, could be three years. Yeah. But we do move on and that it does heal. It moves forward. I have certainly been in love more than once, right. more than twice. And every time that it didn't work out, I will say that I I felt pain and didn't think I would ever find somebody that I could share and they're and you do, and they're different. Yeah, they're not the same. It, it it's not it's not like I'm finding a cookie cutter mold, and the next person fits the cookie cutter. It is you'll find somebody totally different, and they all ha have different kind of love to offer, and it will be balanced without it will be a balance without any strain. So that would be my first, you know, thought right for her. But again, she might just be so compelled with this person that it's. And it's not. She may get met with a a slap in the face by saying, "I'm not interested," and you know we're gonna we probably shouldn't be friends right now. Go heal. Or the person will say, "I'm totally in for it." That's something that we can't make those choices, right? No matter what the age difference is, and we're not here to analyze or to say, you know, did this happen to you or did that happen to you? Why are you attracted to this individual? I'm just, I'm accepting that she is attracted to the, to the person. She has to deal with it. True. So that is my thought. And I, I don't know if that helped you at all or just kept you back in the same quandary. I would certainly look, examine my end game and then decide if, if for any reason I feel that this is not going to be received and it's going to backfire. And, and in my heart, I feel that then then back away a little bit, go find someone that you can have your relationship that will fill all those voids that you're looking to fill and move on. Yeah. That would be this, this dad's advice. Okay. Yes, sir. Next. I, 25 female, have this friend who I've had since I was about eight and was always super close to. Ever since we've grown up, it's like she keeps getting knocked back in life. She couldn't finish college due to family illness but it is now working towards her degree and crushing it in the process. She had to move back home, is still there, and has been stuck in a series of jobs that she hates. Through this, I have tried to be so supportive, since that's enough to get anyone down. But I feel as though it's been very one-sided. For one thing, she seems to not support my relationship. My fiancé is amazing, treats me so well, and has given me the healthiest relationship of my life. He is so close with all my friends and family as I am with his, and we have zero issues. Not only has she not made an effort to get to know him, but she hasn't been happy since we've been engaged. She told people behind my back she might be pissed about it, but every time I've tried to bring it up, she ignores me for days or changes the subject. If I can't make plans or don't reply to her within a specific amount of time, she will ghost me for weeks on end and not give me clarity as to what I've done wrong. She also is notorious for excluding me on plans, but getting really mad whenever I don't make time for her. The newest thing was yesterday when I told her I'm buying a house with my fiance. She asked me a bunch of rude questions like, what about his job? Why would you go there? Are you sure? And then just hasn't replied. 
didn't even say she was happy for me. I feel as though this friendship is incredibly one-sided, and a lot of that might have to do with some jealousy on her end. The problem is the time to pick my bridal party is coming up soon. I always said I wanted her as my bridesmaid, but how could I ask her to be a part of that when she doesn't approve of my relationship or my choices? I don't want to lose her as a friend, but I just wish she would be honest with me about how she's feeling. Is there anything that you think that I could do better as a friend or any way to go about this? Is this friendship doomed as long as I keep progressing and she doesn't? She, she is so terrified. This is only an opinion. Father only knows something, not everything. So I'm going to preface this. We got one. that. Okay. I do believe that she is so feared of the change within your life that she is now going to be ousted and you are moving on to the next chapter in your life and you are outgrowing her emotionally. It is a struggle for her. So everything that she's doing, the passive aggressiveness as she gets angry and goes into silent treatment, that's a child. And this is her behavior. The only thing that you can really do is hit the conversation head on and say, I, I'd like to have a conversation. I'm going to speak first and I want you to process it. And then if you want to talk about it afterwards, it's okay, we can. And if you don't want to talk about it because you're going to be so angry what I might say, you may just need to go sit back and think about it. Mm-hmm. And then we'll talk about it again. I'm going to start the conversation that you are my long, my one of my oldest and most dearest friends. I'm going to, I'm going to take a little segue for a second. I went to a service this weekend and the, they were talking about love and someone said, when someone says, I love you. And when they love you, you can say, yes, you love me because you can feel my pain or no, you don't love me because you don't feel my pain. Yeah. Right. So here's, the thing, I feel her pain. I don't even know her, and, I, and I, I feel for her as a person. And But that doesn't mean she gets to control your life and control your outcome. So with that being said, you can say, I feel your pain. I'm not going anywhere. I'm just, we're, I'm getting married. I'm going on to the next phase of my life. That doesn't mean you're out of my life. Yeah. It means that we're growing. And you're doing your thing, and I'm here to support your thing, but we're not 16 anymore. We are right. now adults. And I hope that you will realize that, yeah, i am got a husband, or going to have a husband, and my life is going to revolve around my husband, first because we are a unit, and in our home that we're buying, and children that hopefully one day we, we may or may not have, Mm-hmm. or whatever's going to happen in our life. But that doesn't mean that you're out of my life. It just means that you also have to focus on the things that are important in your life as well. And see if you guys can come up with a common relationship that can work and exist within this new dynamic. Yeah. And that would be healthy. And if you find that it can't, and her maturity doesn't allow it, then you... You're not responsible for her. You're responsible for you and you're responsible for your husband. Yes. And she is responsible for her. And don't let her put all that baggage on you. It's not really fair. Yeah. So I I hope you guys can can figure that out and navigate it, but in a way of growth and and really um, in a positive way that she knows that you're still there for her, but... It's going to be a dynamic change. Yeah. Well, and her ideal outcome, save the friendship, mm-hmm. have her become friends with my fiance, mm-hmm. give her a safe space to tell me how she feels and have her at my wedding and not in the bridal party without ruining the friendship forever. So mm-hmm. with any part of that, especially the bridal party part, how do you navigate that alongside of this conversation. This conversation has everything to do, the outcome of this conversation is going to determine if she is in the bridal party or not, or just a guest. Because when she says, why aren't in the bridal party, you can, you can address that 
in a in an honest, clear way saying, I I'm concerned. You well, I have a few more you, points about that too. You gave me gave me good reasons to be concerned. I didn't want to sabotage the the day. I want you there, but you're not ready to be a part of that party. Right. Do you want a few other reasons why? Sure. I'm worried about having her in my bridal party since the only questions she has asked about my wedding have been pertaining to her and her preferences and will make the whole thing about herself. But I feel as though she will disown me as a friend if I don't ask her. I feel like I'm stuck in a series of things that I've been doing wrong and will admit that if roles were reversed, it could seem like me progressing with things faster than her and could seem like a slap in the face from her perspective. But I don't want to leave her out of what's going on with me either. Lately, I just haven't been telling her anything at all, so I don't have to leave with the judgmental and rude comments on her end. But because I also want to save her feelings. I think once you once you open the dialogue that you're interpreting this as her fear. That you have to disarm the fear factor and get her in on board with, with growing. And yeah. if she can't get on board with the growing change in your lives and those experiences, then you have all the right to be honest with her and say, this is the decision I'm making. It's not that I don't love you. It's just that it's just, it's not the right time for what you're going through. Yeah. And I don't feel comfortable with this being my wedding, that it's going to go smoothly. And because of that fear and what we've been going through, that's why I'm making this choice just to back that part off. And as much as I'd like to have you as part of it, for this, I'm not going to go behind your back and stab you in the back. I'm just letting you know right up front, you're not going to be a part of that part of the wedding. Yeah. You know, something else you you may find that's pretty benign that she can do and be a part of it, but just not part of that, you know, walking down the aisle with your with your wedding party. Right. Okay. Okay. All right, let's go to number four. Okay, onward and upward and forward. I'm a 28-year-old female, and I recently had to break up with a close friend of over a decade. We met when I was 16, and we hit it off pretty quickly. Over the years, we've gone on several trips together, made a 16-hour road trip to go camping, and didn't end up hating each other. Phone calls when one of us was struggling tough love, celebrated accomplishments, all the normal close friend things you'd expect. I've lost a few long-term friendships, but I never expected to lose this one, which is probably why it's affecting me so much. I am married and have two kids while she is casually dating. I know we are in different phases of life, but it has never been an issue until about a year ago. Now looking back, I can see where she didn't put as much effort in as she does in her current friendships. She chose her boyfriend's wrestling tournament over being in my wedding. She would send me a happy birthday text, but other friends get cards, cake, gifts, and quality time from her. I don't expect or need gifts or to be as close as we once were when we were younger and not as busy, but I did hope for some effort on occasion. I did try to talk to her about it, and most of the blame was put on me. I hit my breaking point when my daughter's first birthday came around, and I realized she had never even met my second child. I decided to send her a message for my sake, saying I understood that we had drifted apart and put no blame on anyone. I told her I needed to distance myself just to move on from the friendship, and I wished her well. I got no response. Instead, I was blocked in every possible way. I didn't need a long response, but I couldn't believe I was cut off so severely. I don't know why I'm writing, honestly, maybe I need validation that I did what was best for me, or maybe I'm dramatic in having too high of expectations. Either way, I appreciate any response to the situation. We all grow. It's all about, this is all about growth. <laughs> it is, yeah. It's all about growth. Every one of these. I have friends that I haven't talked to in... 20 years. I certainly haven't been to any, in, any of my, of, of the friend I'm thinking about, any of his family things. I mean, I remember about 15 or 20 years ago, I was driving through the States and I said, I got to stop and see him. And I looked him up and I said, I'm coming by. And we, we went by and, and we went to dinner with his family. I met his kids, his wife. It was great. Yeah. 
you know, but I haven't really talked to him since. Right. However, trust me, if, if something, you know, struck to go call him, it would be, we could probably pick up right where we were because there is such a foundation of, of time of growing up that it's there. We just recognize we've all had our lives and, you know, no harm, no foul. We live in different states, things. And maybe, right. maybe I'm living in denial of, of how he'll, how he'll respond, but I don't really think it will be negative. Yeah. You know, I, I have a lot of friends that are like this, that, you know, I met people all over, over the country. So as far as you and your friend, um, she's obviously really hurt. She's took, taken the passive aggressive again, way to just say, fuck her. You know, she hurt me. She didn't give a shit about me. Told me she's going to back away. She can back away. Fuck it. I'm done. <laughs> yeah. You know, and, and if that's the way she feels, let's assume she does feel that way. Now you have an opportunity to say in a letter, I really think about you. I really want to have a, have a discussion with you. I was wrong in the way that I, that I, that I had to deal with what we were going through. And at the time it seemed like the right decision. It was the wrong decision because of where we are today. Yeah. I'd like to fix it. Can we do that? And that would probably be it. You're not forcing her to make a decision right there on the phone in front of you. You're giving her the respect through the letter mm-hmm. that she gets to process it yeah, and to see what she wants to do. If, if she, if you met that much where she said, fuck you, where you, where she hates you, you got to love someone before you can hate them. And this might be enough to kind of shake the tree a little bit in a positive way. And you might, it might, you might prevail. You might be able to resurrect that friendship slowly. Yeah. And get back to where you guys can be. Cause you know, she's had growth now too over these years of not talking. Yeah. We, we would hope we would assume. Yeah. So that would be the suggestion I would have on this one. Yeah. And her ideal outcome is just maybe some form of closure and maybe that form of closure is kind of a, a, you know, a little reach out Mm -hmm. letter, whatever it may be, or another form of closure. Maybe you decide that you, you know, it's just kind of fizzled out and that's Mm -hmm. what it is. One way or the other, it's going to be closure. One, she's going to call you and we're going to put an end to the battle or two, she's just not going to answer. And that was, that was her answer. Yeah. And I think there's just, I think it's very uncomfortable in life to have any relationship end in a, in a weird negative way. Mm -hmm. And that'll stick with you. So I think it is, I think you do search for some kind of closure, like, well, I wonder if I really did something that wrong to like, to have brought it to this place. But at the same time, I think a lot of times in, in friendships, when it's starting to drift and you reach out a lot, you start to overcompensate for their lack of effort Mm -hmm. and you're trying to keep it all together. There's only so much you can do when someone isn't putting in the effort. And And so it's like that balance of, you know, I guess you just eventually get to a new normal and that's sort of a long form closure, but it's, it's tricky. Sometimes we know what the relationship took Mm -hmm. in time to make that relationship what it was. And that time or the interest from both parties to give that kind of time isn't possible. Yeah. So you know that if you're going to get back into that friendship, it's never going to be what you wanted it to be. And why sit and be miserable that it's not there? It's let it go and go on and go forward. I have had those too. There are relationships that I miss. Yeah. But I know that if I re, you know, try to what those relationships took no one's going to be happy with what it takes to do it. And we're going to, it's, you're going to end up back in the toilet again. So yeah. fuck it. You know, you're done. Yeah. <laughs> but it's, it's certainly worth the letter and see what happens. Okay. Growth. One more. Hi everyone. I love the show and all the great advice y'all give. Found you from THT and been watching father know something since the first episode. I love that. My dilemma. Has Thank you, by the way. 
My dilemma has to do with my 23 female, eight-year relationship with a guy, 22 male. We're high school sweethearts, and of course, our relationship has its bumps, but overall, it's great. We love each other more than anything. We communicate well and have a great time together. The issue comes from me thinking a lot about the future. Our personalities and the way we think and operate are on opposite ends of the spectrum. These differences cause issues, but we usually communicate, compromise, and figure it out. However, I don't want him to change too much for me, nor me for him. Here are some examples of how we are different. We were raised very differently, and this has caused tension when we talk about how we would raise our kids. I'm introverted. He's extroverted. I thrive on structure. When he feels too structured, he wants to rebel. I'm generally optimistic about people in life, while he sometimes can be pessimistic. Our interests and hobbies are pretty different too, minus a few that we share. I am a major nerd, like Justin with his space stuff. I'm becoming a teacher. I love documentaries and learning random science things. He has always hated school, doesn't care much for the sciencey stuff, and prefers comedy shows like Family Guy. I get a lot of gratification from projects that take a lot of time and work while he's all about instant gratification. I'm into all things light and sweet where he tends to like darker things. He's covered in tattoos, loves punk music, skating, etc. Our differences range from so big to so small, it's kind of ironic. Part of what draws us to each other is how different we are. I admire and want to be like him in certain ways, even though some differences cause issues. My question is, if you think a relationship like this can be successful in the long run, as life gets more complicated with kids, shared finances, and life in general. They say opposites attract, but can it be sustainable? I don't want us to lose who we are at our core. I'm sorry if this is long, but I would love to hear your opinion on this issue. Thank you so much. Three-letter word for my name is dad, D-A-D. And I would never want to pretend it started with a G and ended with a D. I don't know, honey. Uh, this is crazy because everything, everything in, my, in, in my fiber says, you guys are mismatched. That's my gut feeling. Yet you found a way for the last eight years since you were 15 years old yeah. to, to make this work, be lovers, care for each other. And there's obviously something here that makes that work. You know, as far as how we're going to raise our children, let me tell you something. You guys can all, everyone can all talk about how we're going to do it. When it happens, it's a whole different gig. <laughs> yeah. All, that, that, whole, that whole rule book that you wrote for the past eight years on how you're going to raise your kids, you can throw that thing right in the water because everything's going to change. You're going to get in there. And, and, and believe it or not, a lot of growth will happen to both of you as you go through this experience and the raw fiber that holds you together might make this thing go through. So I cannot tell you, is it going to work or not work? I like to do things with the person who I'm with. I would love that they have the same interest that I did. But if I want to go, go motorcycle riding, which I don't do anymore because of my neck. <laughs> yes. Uh, I would like to be able to go motorcycle riding. If it was to go flying and I was, flying and the person that I'm, that I'm with doesn't want to get in a plane, it's going to be difficult because yeah. we can't share that experience. Right. Um, if I wanted to go, you know, be a kickboxer and she says, I want to, you know, do this with you. And I think it'd be kind of fun. I think it would be great if I could do it, but yeah. today I can't do it anymore. You know, I'm injured. So, if you, you try to do the things that at least you can do together or find things you can do together, if it be painting or ceramics, doesn't mean that she can't have her own thing. Right. And you can have your own thing. But some For of sure. the things you have to do that you like, the fact that he is tattooed, you know, uh, looking like the funny pages and you want to be a clean sheet, that, there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, that's that's his preference. And if you like looking at them, great. If you find offense to them, that's something you have to look at. That would be a, a, a thing that you might want to say, gee, this is not really my gig. Right. These are things for you to figure out. You know, 
what you're willing to live with and what you're not willing to live with and take a real reality of what you want. And if that's if if he is not what you want, I would tell you this is is dad. End it and find what you do want because you're at the age now that you can do that without before any confusion of getting married, of having kids, of tying yourself with this yeah, all this stuff. And being that you're together you know, for you know since you're 15, you haven't explored all the other type people that are out there. Right. Either because you're afraid to allow yourself or you're really totally content and happy and you have no reason to. Right. And only you can answer that question. Right. And since she says, I thrive on structure, I think we have a planner. This is a planner. Mm -hmm. She is a planner. And just from this write-in, you can see how intelligent she is and how she analyzes mm-hmm. everything and can put it all like so neatly into a paragraph. She can, she can certainly put it in the compartments. And with that, my gut feeling is saying, you know, I've been that way too. And especially as you get to your later twenties, you really start to want to make sure you're finding, you know, the right person. If, mm-hmm. if kids are something you are hoping for and things like this. So at 23, you still have time, but the fact that you have been together for so long and it's probably, it's got to be your first serious relationship with that and being high school sweethearts and the whole thing. I think the key here is the lack of anything to compare it to, mm-hmm. you know, when you end up finding the one, generally you've been through some other relationships and you've, you, you've kind of had these experiences with numerous people mm-hmm. to be like, yep, I kind of figured out, I like this stuff. I don't like that. I definitely not interested in this. And you kind of start to piece together this puzzle of, you know, the person that mm-hmm. is for you. Yes. I think it could work. This relationship could be successful long-term. We have no idea, but the lack of ex- experience with other people coupled with the fact that you know you're already kind of debating i think as soon as you start debating like oh is this game, is this the game, right game over no i just think you're it it's kind of they go hand in hand for me where you need to flow with relationships there's going to be times where they may seem like the worst person on earth and then other times they're like the knight in shining armor that you couldn't imagine anything else if you guys communicate as well as you say here and you have such a great time together and you're this in love then why wouldn't overthink all of it and i would just kind of keep going day to day and if there is a pattern of things that really start to bother you it can't just be one day one fight where it's like oh like they were just off that day and we got in terrible fight and we're broken up i think if you're eight years in you're to the point where if you start to see patterns and things in someone that you don't like, then you slowly start to kind of pull apart. That's when you can kind of make more of the choice of, yeah, I'm actually ready to move on, but it's so hard because it's like your first main relationship and you're all you've ever known. You and you and him is all you've ever known. So of course you're going to think, Oh, I found my person. On the first try, it's meant to be. Or I'm feared to go find something different. Right. I mean, I was probably in my 20s and I was with somebody for four years and I was going through all kinds of different thoughts, trying to think, you know, is it right? And and, and what I really realized, I was looking for an excuse to get out. And the answer was, I already knew the answer. Yeah. And... I broke up. I finally said, if I keep going through all this stuff and I'm trying to find find how to break up or why I should break up, it wasn't it wasn't like when you're when when you're with someone and you're just like, I'd never dream of it. I the thoughts out of my head, I'm happy, I'm content. This is my person. I have no interest in dating. I don't look at anybody else and wonder what it's gonna be like with them. Yeah. This is this is who I want to be with. I can't wait to get up in the morning and be with them. I, when I come home and I see their car in my in my driveway, my my little tail, you know, 
I wag my tail like a little puppy dog. <laughs> my heart goes, booda, 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 booda. Yeah. You know, that, that's a great feeling. And when, when that is questioned, then you got to kind of say, is this really where I want to be for the rest of my life? And if I'm not out of it now, why am I wasting this time when I could have all these wonderful moments with the person that I do find? And why am I cheating them out of that time? Right. So these are the thoughts that only you can make. And it's not that I can give you a blessing to go change. You have to give yourself the blessing to go change or try or have a discussion together since you guys do communicate and say, hey, maybe we do need to take a pause to see really where we're at. And yep. are we together because we're afraid to go forward or are we together because we're really matched? Right. And these are questions that only you can answer. Yeah. But they're responsible questions. Right. And, Which, and it doesn't mean that you may never come back together eventually. You, you may feel that I can't, I, I don't want to have life without them. Yeah. There's some, these, like I said, we can't make these choices. Right. Right. So I wish you luck and to see what you do, but we'd love to hear what, what, what you, you know, in like two or three months, give us, give us a little write in. By the way, here's where I'm at today. Right. Yeah. That'd be awesome. Okay. Well, where are we so, now? Well, that's what we got. And I'm very perplexed because we started this episode with giving up, mm -hmm. which in some way you can look at each one of them and say, you know, is it time to give up? It's not giving up. You're confusing the word giving up or going on. <laughs> so what's our title? What are we calling this? It's not giving up. It's, go it's, it's going on. Going on, moving forward. Whatever it might be. Growth. Growth. All right. Well, we'll see what it ends up being. But and, and after you watch it, if you guys have a better name, <laughs> write it in, and maybe we can put a line through it, like "Father Knows Best" slash something. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we'll see how we do. Anyways, thanks for joining us this week, and we'll look forward for you next week. And I, I am honored that you guys really take time and make me part of your drive time or your morning or your night as you go to sleep. It it's it it really is heartwarming that you guys really do um, find interest in what my views are. And it, I, I respect you guys for allowing me into your lives. And with that, I will say good night. We'll see you next week. We'll be doing it again. And I think we have a Patreon that we're going to be doing. We're doing big bonus. Yeah. Big bonus. So uh, right after this, go log on to Patreon and see what else we have. Have a great week. Bye-bye.